This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It's Thursday night. You know what that means. Yet another episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with my co-host, Paul Zartman. And Paul, for all the audio listeners out there, I got to uh, give them the picture here that everybody (laughs) viewing this on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube are seeing. You got a beautiful white intercontinental title on your shoulder. And people are probably wondering... What is he doing? They don't talk about WWE. Well, making a change in the programming. We decided uh, to take a break from AEW, and we're going to cover Monday Night Raw, NXT, SmackDown, a little bit of everything involving WWE. Yeah, it'll be a good show. And good thing today's April Fool's, because we are not doing that by any (laughs) means. We are not covering anything WWE. We are an AW podcast from AW fans for the fans. And we will be covering this week's Being the Elite and this week's a- this week's AW Dynamite. But uh, Paul, how are you doing tonight? Uh better now that that's off my shoulder. <laughs> it was I still love that title. It's one of my favorite titles, but it is awkward to hold when you're sitting down in a chair. It is such a good-looking title, though. It is a sharp it title, is. one of the sharpest they've ever had. I have a replica of the uh, old uh, Attitude Era WWF title, but it's kind of customized for a <laughs> different one of my podcasts, homemade customization, I guess. So I didn't want to take that off and, and, and display it tonight <laughs> because it's uh, it's seen better days. The belt's kind of falling apart, uh, I hate to say, because I, I love that title design, too. It takes back my childhood, but... But a lot to discuss tonight. A lot's happening in the world of all elite wrestling, like it is every week. Uh, let's get right into this week's Being the Elite. Let's do it. Which was episode 249, titled Contentment. And uh, we actually open, we don't open up with the Bucks or Matt or Nick or the Good Brothers or Kenny. We open up with Private Party talking about their That Ain't Wada drink. Uh, they are wondering about the butcher and the blade and the bunny. Then Matt Hardy shows up and says he'll make sure everyone will gel. They talk about the Dark Order and the TNT champion Darby Allen. Matt Hardy says uh, Darby better watch his step or he'll take his title. Matt Hardy goes off to talk with uh, Butcher, the blade and the bunny. Says uh, he thinks they will dom- dominate as part of the group. They just uh, kind of sit there and stare at him 
Hardy then comes back as Broken Matt, and he tries to appeal to them in a different way, talks about butchering a cow pretty much, and that gets their attention. Yeah. And they uh, walk off with him. And, and then we see a private party kind of being confused as how Matt can get in these different dimensions. And uh, he uh, he says that because they thought Broken Matt was dead. Hardy says he's a he's like a he's like a chameleon. He can adapt to any situation. He assures them about Butcher Bunny and the Blade, and that uh, they will have a lot of they'll be able to make a lot of money together. Yeah, it was an interesting segment. Uh, seeing Broken Matt come back was I don't know. It was nice, but I'm glad it wasn't a whole long time. But uh, yeah, I definitely think Money Matt needs to stick around, and I'm interested to see where this all goes. Does it concern you though, that they're kind of bringing it up again? No, because um, I think it'll kind of be one of those just one and done type deals. Um, This allowed him to get the butcher in the blade and explain how it happened, which is a question that I've had since it happened. You know, why did this happen? Mm -hmm. How did this happen? And so they kind of answered that question to their creative little way. Yeah, I, I I hope we don't see Broken Matt again unless it's uh, in front of a full arena. Um, even then, I I think this uh, big money Matt heel character fits him pretty perfectly. Oh, it absolutely does. I mean, they booked uh, Broken Matt as a face, so it'd be kind of hard for him to be both characters unless he tries to turn Broken Matt heel. That's very true. We then see a clip of Matt Jackson playing with his kids at Daly's Place. Of course, they were in attendance last week for AEW Dynamite. Um, we then see for Matt's birthday, Brandon Cutler got him the other pieces for the skateboard decks that he received a few weeks ago. Matt says uh, he doesn't know how to put them together properly, <laughs> so he's going to find some skateboard guys. And, of course, he finds Darby and goes, I don't know how we didn't think about Darby earlier. Darby was putting the putting the um, grip tape on the on the boards, and we see Angelico and Ryan Nimeth and uh, Darby Allen putting them together. And then we see Brian Cage <laughs> and Jack Evans trying a few tricks, and Cage finally hit the kickflip. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Especially for a guy Cage's size, that was amazing. <laughs> he kind of stumbled a few times and thinking, oh, great. That's all he needs is a tear a knee or something <laughs> trying to do a skateboard trick. I can hear Tony Khan right now. Yeah. Matt would not hear the end of that if that was the case. Then we see backstage Luchasaurus bumps, in, bumps into uh, Cesar Bononi. In the hallway, that's pretty much it. <laughs> there wasn't much to it. Uh, we then see uh, Marco Stunt telling Griff Garrison he wants to be uh, someone to do a first in, in All Elite Wrestling. He <laughs> talks about the Spanish announce table, and we see Alex Abrahantes in the background listening. <laughs> and Marco says that he's going to be the first to break the Spanish announce table. And Abrahantes looks horrified, so he immediately goes to his broadcast partner, who's Dasha Gonzalez, and I couldn't tell who the other one was. And lets them know that word is out that there is a Spanish announce table in All Elite Wrestling. Marco's then seen walking around in the back, checking things out. Dasha Gonzalez says there's no need to be nervous as she hands out weapons for protection. Then Marco gets too close and gets chased off. I love the fact that they used a cowbell. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was perfect. Yep. Uh, Yeah, I... I, did, I guess I didn't. I didn't realize there was a Spanish announce table, either, or, or commentary until a few weeks ago when uh, that segment started with Cody and Pinto. Yeah, I think that was kind of the reveal that it was there. Um, I mean, I figured there was something somewhere for it to be broadcasting live in Mexico, uh, but 
I didn't know where it was. I didn't know if they were just backstage watching it on monitors or how it was working, but now we know. It makes sense. I mean, the yep. company's growing. It's big enough. It makes sense. It has commentary from other, other countries. So we then see the Dark Order in their hangout, and uh, Hangman Page is with them, too, talking about having a rough night in the ring. Evil Uno then breaks the news that John Silver might need a whole new arm as because he, <laughs> he had a shoulder shoulder uh, injury last week in that TNT title match because Darby Allen. Um, Page then tells the group they have they all have good arms, um, hinting they could give him one. Yeah. We then get a PSA, a public swole announcement. We haven't seen one of these from Big Swole in quite some time. She let people know that the mask goes over your nose. If she catches you not wearing it properly, you're going to get popped in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. No so make comment. Sh- make, make sure you're wearing the mask over your nose by Big Swole. If not, you're going to get hit. Yeah. Uh, back to the Dark Order. They're about to cut Five's arm off and give it to Silver. Then Silver shows up and wonders why nobody came over and helped him out, why he was crying. They didn't tell him that Five offered up his arm. Silver says he doesn't want his uh, little arm. Silver says he does want five small manhood <laughs> and they cut it off, yeah. then drops a shrimp on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun little segment. I mean, Dark Order is always fun, but that was nice to see. Yes. Then we get another segment about manhood from the Good Brothers. Carl Anderson wants Doc, Doc, Doc Gallows to get go get him some food. He says Gallows has been in a terrible mood lately. Doc's super grumpy and he doesn't want to go. <laughs> uh, he's mad that Carl taped his hands together so he can't uh, do his favorite activity. Uh, Anderson says they're winning, though. Doc gives him the middle finger and Carl walks off. And I got to say the nice segment or the nice little thing about this was uh, Carl starting it off by saying, hey, uh, you know, it's another Good Brother segment, so just go ahead and fast forward to yeah. what we're going to be talking about. So he knows we're not the only ones complaining. <laughs> or they're watching the Kicking Out podcast, and they realized, well, maybe we should give those guys a break. <laughs> Appreciate a machine gun. Appreciate it. Uh, then backstage, we see Brandon Cutler icing his knee as the Unbucks uh, tell him he should be proud of his performance. The group lost their match, and Cutler can't believe that Matt and Nick were saying to be proud. That's not the Unbucks he used to know. Cutler says back in the day, if he messed up, they would let him have it. Matt and Nick say not to be so hard on himself. Cutler wonders if Matt and Nick are just con- content with their success now and their mentality has changed. Cutler says being the elite is just dark order taking over and thinks maybe what Don Callis said to them on Dynamite was true. When you guys look in the mirror now, do you see that version of yourselves, your best versions? What do you guys see? Yeah, it was nice to see somebody other than Kenny Omega or Don Callis saying, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? What's going on here? Something's got to give. You guys aren't what you used to be. Absolutely. I mean, they're in, and we'll talk about it on Dynamite here in a little bit when we recap yeah. it, but they're definitely hitting something. Something's going to happen soon. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I would think they've, but they've teased. <laughs> a turn from the bucks or a change in their mentality and add to multiple times. I've never pulled the trigger. So yeah, hopefully guess, this is the time. I guess we'll wait and see. But last night's AW dynamite took place in Daly's place. Like it has every episode for the past <laughs> year. Uh, this was a recorded episode as it was filmed last Thursday. 
but a great opener. We got Christian Cage in action for the first time in seven years, making his AEW in-ring debut against an old rival of his from their Impact days, Frankie Kazarian. I was surprised that this was the opener. I kind of thought it might be the main event going into the show, but it makes sense that it was the opener to try to get eyeballs on the product right away. Yeah, um, because, I mean, you might have had people who were fans of the other company tune in just to see him and, oh, look, there he is, and then maybe, oh, well, it's over. Let's see what happens next, and then they got hooked. Well, NXT, you know, they – the, the the Wednesday Night Wars, if you want to call it that, are about over this week and then next week are the last nights before NXT permanently moves to uh, Tuesdays on April 13th. Um, and next week's going to be their go-home show for TakeOver. So you knew they were going to have a stack card last night and next week. But in the end, it didn't matter as, uh, spoiler alert, AEW beat them in the ratings 700,000 to 654,000. Um, not a very good number for either company, really. But um, I don't know. I don't know why that was. But uh, anyways, going back to the opening match, uh, like I said, this was Christian Cage's AEW in-green debut, first match in seven years. Uh, throughout the match, Christian kept trying to hit the kill switch, as they're calling his finisher now. It's not the unprettier. Um, but Frankie kept going for the chicken wing, which is going to be, I guess, a new finisher of his. I kind of like how guys don't always stick with the same finisher and kind of implement different finishers as they get older throughout their career. I think that's kind of kind of a cool move set. Yeah, definitely is. It's something um, that you're really starting to see, you know, before it was you stuck with a move no matter what. And now it's, I don't know if it's more, again, because I've stopped watching WWE. I don't know if this is more of an AEW thing, but it seems like guys have new finishers all the time. Yeah, I think um, I think it's just the way the business is kind of going, kind of just adapt. Uh, this was a really long match. But it was a really good match. Uh, there was a few um, kind of shaky spots here and there. A little rust, I guess, from from Christian here and there. But you expect that after, after seven years. I yeah. mean, for being away seven years, I thought he looked really good. Yeah. Um, but towards the end of the match, we see Christian go up to the top rope. He had a frog splash but only got a two count on it. A couple reversals by both men going back and forth. Christian then sends Frankie shoulder first into the ring post. Then he's able to hit the kill switch for the one, two, three. Yeah, I I mean, I even texted you last night. I said, is this going to end in a draw? It got close. I mean, they yeah. gave them a lot of time, but I'm glad a company is finally giving Frankie Kazarian kind of a push in singles and showing what he can do. I think it's way too late. I think Impact should have done it in his prime because um, he's a great, great, great tag team wrestler, one of the best ever, but he can go as a singles competitor. And, and I think we'll kind of talk about it later. I think, SU's days are about over. Sadly, I agree with you. I just wanted one more. This is the worst city ever. We still might get it someday, but I <laughs> I don't know. Mm. We did see a uh, vignette from Darby and Sting. Um, while walking with Sting, AWTNT champion Darby Allen talks about big money Matt Hardy being a shell of himself. And rather than earning respect these days, he's looking to buy people's respect. Uh, somebody's wearing a Matt Hardy mask, one of those ones that Darby makes. It's really creepy looking mask, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but he says Matt Hardy will have to earn his respect because money doesn't mean anything to him. Yeah, and I'm uh, I like how you PG'd that there real quick. I did, I did. <laughs> Trust me, uh, in my notes I didn't have that PG'd, but <laughs> they have. Uh, I think they're allowed two 
big words like that uh, a week, and Darby seems to get one every time he's on. <laughs> it, they actually end up using them in back-to-back um, yep. vignettes because then we got a, a vignette from Jade Cargill sending a message to Red Velvet. She said she knows Velvet was shook before they even met in the ring. So she looks like money, but she is already making Tony Khan money. Uh, Jade then tells uh, Velvet to keep lifting her little weights and know that uh, Velvet will never be here in the ring because she is that woman. She is that B. <laughs> and she said, uh, says, yeah, that's that's what she ends up saying. But she did have the other word in there somewhere. Um, I just didn't have it down in my notes. Yeah. So another, another good little, you know, keeping the – Rivalry yeah. fresh in everybody's mind without giving them a ton of TV time. Yeah, keeping Jade uh, looking strong, still improving without you know having to put her in a match every single week and letting her still learn what she's doing. Yeah, I think um, match is definitely coming. I don't think they wait till double or nothing. I think we get it there in a dynamite. Oh yeah, sometime. I think- yeah, it'll probably be in the next few weeks. We then have the first ever exhibition match in the history of AW Dynamite. Cody Rose versus QT. Everybody's saying Marshall now. I always thought it was Marshall, but now he said Marshall lately on a Sammy vlog. The announcer said Marshall. So QT yeah. Marshall, I guess. Um, and of course, <laughs> the enforcer, Arn Anderson, is the special guest referee. Uh, the Nightmare family is uh, comes out and they're seen around the ringside. I mean, you got Aaron Solo, um, Anthony Agogo, Nick Camarado, who um, uh, Billy Gunn's out there, Austin Gunn, uh, Colton Gunn, uh, Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson, uh, Lee Johnson. Yep, yep. So I think I think that's all of them. I don't think I missed any of them. Um, but so they're out, out all around the ring, which they were all talking about on Twitter this week that they were going to be there. Um, QT's already in the ring, and the commentators note that he didn't get in, any entrance music or any entrance shown on TV as Cody gets the big <laughs> elaborate entrance in the pyro. And I know we've talked about this before, Paul, but I was really hoping after the big show had ended on um, TBS that he would go back to his old theme music. Yeah, uh, he definitely needs to go back to it. I mean, I like Snoop Dogg and all, but he is not a uh, wrestling theme guy. Uh, he just he's too quiet when he raps. <laughs> so, and it it doesn't work with Cody at all. Yeah, I um, yeah, I I, I don't I don't get it. I mean, I. Uh, I get, I get why they did it for the Go Big Show, but after that, that it just doesn't mix well. No, it does not. It it needs to go away. Yeah, it does. It does. See a comment here on Facebook. Somebody commented that he says we have no sound. Uh oh. So I don't know how to check that on my <laughs> end. Uh, I don't without pulling up my phone and seeing. Uh, go ahead and pull up my... your phone. I'll I'll go over the notes. Yeah, um, you do that for the match. And let me know if it's me or you or, or whatever the case is and maybe maybe it fix itself. I'm not I'm not sure. All right, uh, I'll go check it out. So uh yeah, like I said, the nightmare family's out around the ring. 
Yeah, we see QT uh, focusing on Cody's bad shoulder that's been injured for weeks now. It's got a par- partially torn labrum. Uh, it's back a lot of back and forth action. Cody gets uh, Marshall in the crossroads, but last week he said if he got him in it, he wasn't going to hit it. Throws him down instead. Um, QT then slaps Cody in the face, and then uh, he hits the ropes. Looking for a running crossbody. Cody moves out of the way. QT flies out of the ring onto the floor. Looks pretty embarrassed. Cody then opens the ropes for him to get in the ring. QT gets in the ring, but then he punches Arn Anderson right in the face <laughs> in the exhibition in a no contest. Yeah. Um, quick note. Uh, I did notice audio. I don't know if it fixed itself. Um, it might have been a Facebook thing, but hopefully the sound is back for you if you were experiencing no sound there for a while. Okay, um, good. Yeah. But yeah, this, this went from a decent exhibition match where Cody stuck to his word. He said he wasn't going to hit the figure four or the crossroads and he did not. Um, and from there, um, things went downhill as soon as he hit Arn Anderson, all chaos broke out. Uh, it looks like Brandon uh, Butcher on Facebook said, my bad guys hooked up to Bluetooth. Didn't realize, Hey, no problem. We, <laughs> hey, we appreciate no you reaching out because that yeah. could easily happen to us. So <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I was surprised. I thought something big was going to happen in this exhibition, but I did not see QT slugging Arn Anderson. No. And then what followed after the exhibition, we saw QT make his way up to the stage. He almost looked like he was in regret in denial of what he just did. Uh, but then he turns his back from the ring, and we see the Nightmare Family students start beating up the veterans. We see Aaron Solo with a chair shot to Dustin Rhodes. Nick Camarado and Anthony Agogo also beat up the vets. Uh, Marshall turns around and he looks happy with all of this. Camarado powerbombs Lee Johnson out of the ring onto the floor. That was a crazy-looking spot. It reminded me of when Cage did at the Darby Allen in a body bag back at uh, All Out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Dustin gets busted open, takes a pile driver on the steel steps by QT. A go-go punches Cody right in the midsection. And Anthony Gogo's a, a former Olympic boxer. So he, uh, he doesn't hold yeah. back very much. I'm, I'm glad. Um, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. What I want to say about him. Uh, then they move him out to QT. Uh, QT still on the steel steps. He's looking to smash Cody's head with a chair. We see red velvet run out and tell QT that, what are you doing? This is your friend. You don't want to do this. QD then decides not to uh, do it, and all the four guys leave through the heel tunnel. Yeah, um, with the fact that they've been hiding QT's entrance, we didn't really know if he came out the face of the heel, so he definitely went back through the heel side, so I think it's officially official now. The heel turn has happened for QT Marshall, and I like that a lot of these guys, these Nightmare Family students, unless you watch Dark or even Elevation, I guess, even though Elevation is only three episodes in. So mainly, unless you watch Dark, you're probably not too familiar with a lot of these guys. Some of them have had a little time here and there on Dynamite. But I think this is a great way to form a new faction of young talent and get them some TV time. Yeah, and, um, you know, they focused on each individual wrestler last night as they were doing an attack on someone else. So you kind of got to see what they were capable of. Yeah, and like Anthony Agogo, for instance, I still haven't seen him in the ring. Now he's on commentary now and then on Dark, along with Taz and Excalibur. But they really hyped him up when they made that signing. Um, I believe all four of these, all three of these guys are officially all elite. 
I do believe so. I believe everybody that was ringside last night was all elite. Yeah. So it's uh, we'll see where this goes. We'll see what they call themselves. But it uh, sure feels like almost everybody except a few select individuals in all elite wrestling have formed a faction of some sort. Yeah. But I I do like this. I think it's good. It kind of reminded me of not exactly, but kind of a little bit of the uh, Nexus or the core back in the day. Yep, I remember bit. that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Bad News Barrett at the time, yep. Barrett led that uh, feud. Mm-hmm. So, somebody on Twitter noted this, and I thought this was a really interesting catch if there was anything to this. Over a year ago, a little bit over a year ago now, we remember Jake Roberts when he debuted in All Elite Wrestling, kept calling Cody Caesar in that promo. Yeah. Well, Cody got stabbed in the back from his inner circle last night, kind of like Julius Caesar. Yeah, came full circle. Jake called it. So, very wise man, that Jake the Snake. Very. Then we get a uh, uh, promo or a a vignette of sorts and uh, that we see uh, Scorpio Sky and all-ego Ethan Page as they look to be a new tag team. As they were, one would start the a sentence, the other would finish. One would start, the other would finish. And then they were shown sitting side by side. And they're going to start working together against the Seidel brothers on this upcoming Monday's AEW Dark Elevation. Yeah, uh, they're definitely sticking to their word here when they say that Elevation is going to tie into Dynamite. Um, and this is a nice little way to get people to go, hey, I really like Sky or I really like Paige. I'm going to watch that. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see what these two can do together because from what I've seen of Paige so far, they're both great singles competitors. So I'm interested to see what they can do together. Absolutely. And they're both great tag team competitors too. I mean, we've seen Scorpio with SEU and I saw Ethan Page and Impact with the North. I mean, they can both go in tag teams. Now this will be interesting if this is just a one-off or a couple week thing, or if this is going to be long-term. Um, what, one thing I will say is I don't really like how they gave Sky the automatic or they gave him his TNT title shot right after he won the brass ring right. at Revolution. I wish they would have built to that match for a few weeks. Yep, I agree. Uh, that was one thing I never liked. It's like, oh, you won. Oh, here, have your match. That's one thing I think AEW can approve on because, I mean, the same thing happened when Brian Cage debuted last year at Double or Nothing. He won the ladder match. Then a couple weeks later, they give him the title shot. shot. It's like, why why can't we draw out the storyline a little bit and give his character some uh you know more meaning? But right. Some growth and um you know, maybe it be a surprise of, you know, oh, you just had a match and then they come out and say next week mm-hmm. you and I are going after or going one on one for the title. So so I understand what Scorpio's complaints, but Ethan Page has only been on in the company about three weeks and he's already complaining. Yeah. It's like, I think it's uh, it goes back to the ego thing. Sure. They're sure. Definitely it, uh, sticking with his all ego. And I'll tell you, I've been watching his vlog uh, recently. I got into watching his vlog and he's strong or fastly come becoming one of my favorites. And I even texted you. I'm like, man, when I start watching these vlogs, these guys, I start liking them more and more. Cause you get to like their character in real life outside the ring. Even if they like, he's such a nice guy outside the ring. He's playing a heel inside the ring. But same thing happened with me and Sammy Guevara this past year, and I know it happened with you too. I mean, look, you're wearing you're wearing a Sammy shirt tonight. So, (laughs) so uh, yeah, it's um, 
it's neat that the company allows them to do this type of stuff, though, because we know WWE doesn't really allow them to do that anymore. Right, unless it's very specific ones, and you have to, you know, kind of like uh, Xavier Woods is up, up, down, down. Yes, yes. Uh, and Scorpio Sky, like I said, it seems like he's definitely completely broken off away from SEU. And we already know the stipulation. Next time Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels lose a tag team match together, that they are done. And uh, I think it'll happen when they face the Bucks for the belts. Yeah. I think that's where it's heading. I mean, they got a good record. They're up there in the rankings. Speaking of record, this is what I, I meant to say this when we were recapping the QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes exhibition match. QT's undefeated in 2021 with the 8 no record so far. That he is. I that would is. have never guessed that until I saw that on the lower third last night. Well, uh, didn't two of those wins come against Fuego Del Sol? I think you're right. I mean, they all come on dark. And like I said, I've been really bad about keeping up with dark or watching it. Um, so I've missed a lot of those matches. We then backstage, we see red velvet talking to Dasha Gonzalez. Uh, she's talking, she's saying she helped Cody cause she's Cody's partner and she wanted to help him out. Then we see Jade cargo hit an ambush attack, throwing velvet into some stage equipment. Still looking really strong. Yeah, uh, Jade made the comment of, you made me break my heel, but neither one of them was broken, so I was a little confused by that. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't no know idea, if she but... stepped wrong and thought it broke or if it was supposed to break and didn't. But You know, I've been saying um, Britt Baker needs the title <laughs> off of Sheeta. Starting to wonder, it's probably still a little too early, but a Jade title might not be the worst thing. Uh, but I if, think it'll happen eventually. But whenever they do that, him. it's it needs to be a long title run. I mean, nobody needs to beat this woman for a really long time. Exactly. A and really it, long and time. It, <laughs> and it's going to have to be somebody who, like, um, she injured somehow and then came back for revenge or something like that. Exactly. Like, like honestly, looking at the roster right now, what women faces could beat her? None. I mean, the only one with how they've built her while in the company I could think is maybe Thunder Rosa, but she's officially not a part of the company. Could Swole do it? I think she needs some more big-time wins under her belt, but Statlander could be another one. But I just feel like these other women haven't been built strong enough to no. to make it believable that they can beat some a powerhouse like Jade Cargill. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, then we get a from a segment from earlier in 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 the evening uh, from John Moxley. You always know Mox is going to have a good promo. He's talking about the stuff that he's dealing with within AEW. Uh, he's not in a good mood with everything that's been going on. Says he still doesn't like the Young Bucks, but he still owes them. Uh, on top of all of this, AEW wants him to take on the big man Caesar Bononi. He puts over the guy. Really, I mean, he says he, he looks like he can be a, from Baywatch. And he's somebody that can make the company some money. But uh, Mox says not if he kills them during the show. And he said somebody's getting slammed on their head and somebody's getting choked out. And then we get into the match. We Yes, uh, we get it right into the match. Um, this wasn't a squash match. We've been seeing squash no. matches lately. And they let uh, Cesar get a lot of offense in, which he's been looking strong on dark lately. Um and we also saw Benoni wasn't alone. No, he was um, not. 
Ryan Nemeth. And then um, oh, what was the other guy that was out there? Uh, Drake, JD Drake was also oh, okay. out there with him along ringside. So I, Nemeth has been with him a lot on dark. So I'm starting to think they're kind of finding a managerial role kind of for Nemeth, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but this match goes back and forth uh, towards the end of the match. We see JD Drake with the distraction. Nemeth runs in and eats a uh, paradigm shift. Bononi then hits uh, Mox from behind, uh, Hits a, goes for a pump handle slam, but Mox reverses it into a rear naked choke, and Bononi's fading away, falls to the mat, and the ref calls for the bell. Yeah. Um, again, like you said, there's a lot of offense from Bononi, I, more than I was expecting, um, especially when Mox comes out and kicking things on his way down to the ring. Yeah. So, but they're there have been a lot of two different things in the past uh, month or so. And that's been roll-ups yep. and squash matches. That's true. And we didn't get either last night. I thought no, we were going to get a roll-up and um, yeah. was it the Christian and Frankie match? There was one of them. I thought for sure the roll-up was happening. I about to you, here we go again, but kicked yeah. out of two, thankfully. So, yep. so I think they see the backlash on Twitter so <laughs> and, and, they, and they adjust to it, unlike yeah, others. Do. Uh, then we see backstage team Taz is hanging out. Taz says the group is fine. Um, you know, regardless of the conspiracy theories out there, the group is fine. Uh, Ricky Starks then jumps in and says he had a great time on last night's dark. Starks says, uh, he can forget about the past and wondered what Brian Cage thought. Then Cage stands up and says he thought they could have won sooner had Starks tagged him in. They kind of start jawing at each other. Then Taz reiterates, the team Taz is fine, but I think we're going to get the Ricky Starks Brian Cage clash here in the next few weeks. I think we will. Um, I say no later than the Dynamite after Double or Nothing. Oh yeah, yeah. I think um, I think this comes to head before Double or Nothing. To be honest, I think we see uh, Team Taz will stick together, but Cage will we'll go off on his own and. He needs to, whether it be face or heel, he needs to be in the main event scene. Yep. He's ready. And He's ready. Team Taz has another powerhouse in Will Hobbs, and I think personally Team Taz only needs one powerhouse. Yes, I agree. I agree. I, um, Yes. <laughs> I was I was going to make a comment there, but there, there was a whole different group I was thinking in my head. So <laughs> Then we get the segment that is one of the most talked about parts of last night's show, if not the most talked about part. Uh, we see uh, the Pinnacle in their new dressing room, which used to be the Inner Circle's old dressing room. MGF has a gift for the Pinnacle, and he introduces their own personal stylist. He says he also got the group an interior decorator and that they can finally clean up this place in the nasty bathroom. <laughs> he opens up the bathroom door. Oh, the, the look on his face was classic. And standing there is Jericho, Santana, Ortiz, and Sammy Guevara. And then... <laughs> His reaction. He closes the door and says, we got to get out of here. And, and the guys are like, what? And he heads to the door, opens up the door to the locker room. Jake Hager's standing there, punches MJF right in the face. Then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah. And it is an absolute brawl as the other guys come out of the bathroom. Fists are flying. And what I liked about this segment is everybody kind of took their own man. Mm -hmm. Everything was a one-on-one, -on -one, even um, – Tag teams were one-on-one. -on -one. 
We see the battle spill out in the hallway. Uh, Sammy Guevara hits his finisher on Spears, then slams the door on Spears' head, which he might be out for a while. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Uh, Hager and Wardlow are battling each other in, into the medical room. Hager then put Wardlow through a, a massage table. Uh, then there's fighting outside. Dash gets uh, kicked into the ice bath by Santana and Ortiz. Uh, Dax Hardwood's busted open. Santana jabs him with a piece of wood, which I was listening to a podcast this morning, and they said that might have been a throwback to one of Tully's, uh, I think it was a no rules match or an I quit match back in 85, which he either got stabbed or stabbed the other guy in the head with a piece of wood. So oh, okay. they said that could have been paying honor to that. Um, speaking of Tully, he got beat up outside as well. Uh, MJF still battling Jericho in the room. Jericho takes MJF over to the toilet and shoves his face down in it. And <laughs> MJF even spits out toilet water. Uh, Jericho tells him he that the worst is yet to come. He ends up throwing MJF through the glass vending machine, the Pepsi machine door. Uh, Jericho then takes a swig of the bubbly and pours some out on MGF. Says this is their dressing room. And Jericho has MGF hauled out as Santana then takes off the logo of the pinnacle and replaces it with the inner circle logo. Yeah, this was a uh, a great segment. Um, I was not expecting the inner circle to be in the bathroom when MJF opened the door. And it was really nice. It was a nice surprise. Um from start to finish the whole thing. I'm glad that I was wrong in my prediction of it being um, like a trios tag belt or something. It was a very fun way to bring them back. Yes. It was better than than just walking out to the ring and saying, we're back. I was really entertained by the segment, but my one question I can't get out of my mind was, did they do this too soon? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, why not i want to hear i want to hear i want to hear your uh your reasoning here they were caught off guard Mm -hmm. they didn't know that the inner circle was going to attack them and a lot of times when a team stays dominant it's because they're expecting the attack so this kind of showed that you know the inner circle got attacked that they weren't expecting it now the pinnacle's been attacked and they weren't expecting it so now we can we're kind of even out there so we can really start building this feud and see where it goes. And, and, and I get, I get your point there, but my worry and concern is you built up the pinnacles, this dominant group and they were dominant for two weeks and then they got absolutely destroyed, absolutely destroyed last night. So you kind of already had the payoff. I wish they would have, I don't mind the inner circle coming back, even though I still wish it was another week or two kind of later, but I got more problem with they let them get physical already. I think they should have built up more sympathy for them. Let us feel bad for them because they're newly kind of baby faces that we're having the roof for after hating them for so long. Then let the groups get physical at like double or nothing. Build up to that moment that we all want to see. But we already got that. So now it's like I am interested to see where they go with this. Don't get me wrong because I still think this is going to be great. But it's almost like we got kind of the payoff and now they're even. They both beat each other to a pulp. Yeah, and I think it's it'll uh, we'll definitely see some more dominance from the pinnacle. But uh, at the same time, I think from day one they've been building inner circle as this dominant force. So I think it's going to be kind of like um, Clash of the Titans. 
I mean, I was I was happy to see the inner circle be aggressive and be more edgy. They were starting to get too comedic for me. Yeah. Before that, this kind of gives them a new fresh, fresh meaning. But yeah, I don't I, I and I really enjoyed the segment. But that's my one concern is did they do this too early? And, and they could have let it build a little more. But we'll we'll see what the payoff is. I'm still thinking it's some sort of blood and guts match, especially after blood and guts were all over the mm-hmm. place last night. And, and Dax, man, I, I get queasy with uh, blood anyways, like pictures and stuff. That was a nasty picture he shared on Twitter. That was a nasty cut on his head. Yeah. And I don't even know where it happened. Because, I, I don't either. I mean, they start showing the battle outside and we've already got blood all over the place. It must've been a part that wasn't on camera. Yeah. Like when uh, Spears and Sammy were battling, or or Hager and Wardlow, and he must uh, something must have happened on accident, and it, it cut him pretty good, and that was that was pretty nasty. So we will see where it goes from here. I mean, I I'm really invested in it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just a little concerned that they might have rushed it a little bit, but I got faith in Tony Khan and and all the other executives that they know what they're doing. I'm just a fan. So. And all I got to say about this is. Let's not let Spears be out for too long if he is, in fact, going to be out. Because he's you're, you're right. Been back. But I hope even if he's not out, he at least has a brace on or something to sell it. Because that, I mean, come on. You get your head slammed through a door of with a door. I mean, <laughs> And the door was latched when he hit the ground, let's not forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we did see Marvez uh, talking with the Unbucks about what happened with them and Kenny Omega in the last few weeks. Matt says they don't want to keep talking about this. Then we see Don Callis show up and he tells uh, Nick and Marvez to bounce, and which I was surprised Nick just left, left Matt on his yeah. own. But Callis tells Matt he needs to listen to something. Callis says he loves Kenny Omega and he thought Matt loved him too. Callis tells Matt he broke Kenny's heart. He says, Kenny chose AW for the Young Bucks, and they just left Omega out in the ring on his own. Callus wonders if Matt is just dead inside or if he is just looking to count his money. Callus then slaps Matt as a way to get his attention. Matt grabs Callus by the coat, but he doesn't really do anything. Callus says, that's it. And he says, Matt, you're truly pathetic. It was an interesting segment. Um, I want to know why he's going after Matt so much and not really Nick. Uh, this week he said, you know, let the grownups talk. But, uh, I mean, you know, Matt and Nick are like four years apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and if anything, it should have been Marvez that was talking with Callis because those were the two oldest ones. Um, but I'm interested to see why the focus is on Matt. Uh, Don's definitely doing his best to keep uh, keep the separation. Kenny and the Bucks. He's he's nervous about the Bucks getting in Kenny's head. You mm-hmm. can definitely tell. So, speaking of Kenny, we then get him and the Good Brothers against the team of Ray Phoenix, Pinta LZRM, and Laredo Kid. Um, before we get into this match, call me crazy, Paul, but I really want AEW to sign Laredo Kid, and he become part of the Death Triangle and Pack to go on his own in singles. You know, uh, I was sitting there wondering the same thing last night because these three work together so well, uh, even if it's not the Death Triangle. It's something. Yeah. I mean, these guys are fantastic together. 
This is week two that we've seen all three of them in action, and it's been fantastic. And I think Pat's a fantastic worker, too. And I think, of course, he's one of the best single workers, I think, in the world. Um, It's just right now he's on the shelf with some sort of injury. And, of course, the pandemic's really taken him off TV for the majority of the past year. So I don't know. I, I agree with you. I just like the way these three gel. I just think it makes a lot of sense if they go that route, but I don't think they will. I, I sadly don't. I think uh, Laredo Kid's just a fill-in until Pat can get back on TV full-time. Um, or even let Pac be the manager and let those three wrestle if you want Pac to be involved. Yeah, they could do that. Um, probably wouldn't with a, somebody of a star status like Pac, but, right. um, but they could do something. Uh, but this match was really fun. I mean, Laredo Kid can really go. Uh, which which we've seen that the last few weeks. A lot of back and forth, a lot of high spots. Uh, it's hard to keep up with everything, really. So towards the end of the match, Dorado Kid tries to go for a Phoenix Splash, uh, gets it to roll through, and he ends up eating a V-Trigger and a One-Wing Angel uh, for the 1-2-3. I mean, that was just kind of a quick synopsis. Really go <laughs> go check out this match. It was oh, it was really yeah. good. Uh, yeah. But but post-match, we see uh, – the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega celebrating as Moxley just struts out on stage only as Mox can, just kind of calm, cool, and casually. And uh, uh, one of the Good Brothers notices him and taps Kenny on the shoulder. They all three turn around. Moxley slowly makes his way towards the ring. Then out come Matt and Nick behind him. The six competitors face off. Uh, Moxley and the Bucks get in the ring, but Omega and his, and his crew scatters out of the ring. Yeah. Um... I knew they weren't going to face off the six of them right then and there. There was no way. There, it just would have been bad to have them face off right then and there. Yeah, we're kind of seeing a short-term alliance building of the Bucks and, and Moxley, but I will say I love how Moxley, even though he's partners right now with uh, Eddie Kingston because they're old drinking buddies, um, I will say I'm glad they haven't put him in a faction because Mox needs to be the lone wolf of AEW out on his own. Yeah. And even, you know, even if he isn't a tag team with Eddie, it's not going to like it's going to result in the tag titles. So even though that'd be cool, I'd love to see him go for that. Yeah. But uh, I don't think we'll see that. I think we'll just see him in some tag action from time to time, not really try to actually get into the title shot. That just made me think of something, though, Paul, that I hadn't thought about until you put that in my head, (laughs) because we we, we keep we keep getting this tease that the Bucks are going to turn heel mm-hmm. you know and I, and I can't help to think they might turn next week they're going to turn on Moxley and reside with Omega and the Good Brothers and they're sitting in their trios match well what if they do that Moxley's then mad at the Bucks Moxley's got a tag team partner in Eddie Kingston there's your tag team title feud yeah I did not think about that until you just after the Lucha up. Brothers of course yeah and, and well and then who's number one in the rankings right now uh, that's a good question. I forget because don't uh, Death Triangle. And oh, that's yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's it's Pack and uh, Pack and Phoenix. Okay, okay. So it is those two. Yeah, I didn't know if they had moved anybody up since then or not. <laughs> yeah, Pack and Phoenix have a have a match against them. They're the number one contenders. You're right. Yep, and then uh, but SCU's up there in the rankings too. So yeah. Unless it is Moxley, unless Eddie and Moxley jump them. 
Yeah, we'll see. In the I rankings, mean, that is not. not oh well, they, 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 <laughs> they need a few more matches under their belt and get some wins. So yeah, which I think they said Moxley's record now is like thirty-three two and one in AEW. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, we then see a backstage segment. Britt Baker's with Rebel. Uh, it was supposed to be with Tony Schiavone, but Tony was nowhere to be found. So Rebel just takes the mic and conducts the interview by herself. Um, they were talking about AEW Dark Elevation. Baker says she saw Thunder Rosa being out there on the cards. It's a great place for her to get to get her wins up. Uh, Baker then reminds everyone that their match was unsanctioned, so the win didn't count. Britt then says uh, she'll still be here, though, putting the women's wrestling on the map. And then they spelled her three initials DMD. Which goes back to my point of I don't think this feud's over. I don't either, but I don't want them to just pick <laughs> – pick right where they left off, pick up right where they left off. I want them to give us some time and they can always come back to it later, get them both in something different for a little while. And I think it'll be kind of one of those, like we used to see where the feuds forever ongoing, but they end up in other feuds. But you know, when these two face off, it's going to be a five-star match. Yes. We then see Matt Hardy talking about the bunny being excluded from the title picture in the women's tournament as a whole but that the exclusion won't happen any longer with her in the Matt Hardy family office. I hate that name. Why couldn't they just call the Matt Hardy empire? Um, he also notes that Tay Conte will pay for the dark order sins. Yeah. <laughs> we then, we then get the uh, women's match, which was of course in the nine thirty time slot yet again. Yeah. There's Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero at her side in the bunny with uh, Matt Hardy front family office, I should say, even though I put Empire down there because <laughs> that's what I want it to be called. And uh, <laughs> take Conti with, with the Dark Order and, of course, AEW Women's World Champion Hikari Shida. Um, this match surprised me a little bit, I got to be honest. Um, like I said, we saw the Dark Order come out the ringside to even the odds. Uh, towards the end of the match, we see Shida run in, hit a running knee, on Nyla Rose, sending her out to the floor. Sheeta then leaps on the guys, and they catch her. Then uh, then uh, Conti leaps as well, and all the guys go down. Uh, Conti gets back in the ring, but Bunny has a kendo stick. Vicky gets the ref at ref's attention. Why she does that, Bunny hits Tay Conti with a kendo stick shot, then hits uh, down the rabbit hole, I guess is the, what her finisher is called. It's a twisting elbow drop for the one, two, three. Surprising victory, in my opinion. Very surprising. Um, I really, I really saw Ty and Makirishita win in this, but 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 it's good to not give Nyla yet another loss. Uh, builds the bunny up a little bit, who we've rarely ever seen her in the ring, and uh, you know Ty's the number one contender in the rankings yeah. for Shida's title. So it is kind of interesting to see them tagging together, even though they are are both faces. But something's got to give eventually. And can we talk about for a minute that out of the four women in this match, Hakira Shida was the only one that wasn't accompanied by somebody? Yep. That's a good I point. Mean, Ty's been coming out with the Dark Order, but before that, she was out there by herself. So do you think we see, as we're starting to see some of these Japanese wrestlers sign with AEW, do you think we're going to see Hakira Shida build some type of faction based off of that. I hadn't thought of that till right now, but that wouldn't shock me. I think that would actually be a good idea. I did too. In a way to make them all strong and look relevant right away. Yep. Yep. 
Then we get a preview for next week's Dynamite. We're going to get John Moxley into AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, versus AEW World Champion Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. That should be a really good trios match. I would presume that's going to be the main event next week. Um, we're also going to get the Bunny with Matt Hardy, the Blade, and the Butcher versus Tay Conte with Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, 10, and Negative One. Yeah, I'm of looking forward to that. Negative one. one's just gonna be at ringside. He's not gonna be wrestling. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I I always like when negative ones out oh, there. So sure, and you know, and John Johnny Hungy's on the shelf for a little bit, so yep. somebody else has has to kind of fill his shoes. We're gonna get Darby Allen. I was kind of surprised by this defending his TNT Championship against JD Drake, um, but Darby's wanting to defend him more. I'm all for that. I think that's what this title needs to be. This title needs to be on TV all the time, be defended like Cody was doing that, like John Cena used to do with the U.S. Open Challenge. Yep. Or the U.S. US title open challenge. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, J.D. Drake, interesting op- opponent, but they're trying to get more of these guys that are in dark and elevation, some more time on Dynamite slowly. I, I like that. The Inner Circle's going to be back to speak. Looking forward to that. And we're going to get Jurassic Express against Bear Country. The uh, title slide was kind of Kong versus Godzilla-like. And we saw backstage Jungle Boy says that uh, they're tired of Bear Country throwing around Marco Stunt. Next week they're going to show Bear Country who is on top of the food chain. But we also saw Marco Stunt have a uh, tattoo of Kong Kong on his arm and Luchasaurus got mad and walked away, which I laughed at. But I'm also like, I just don't like Marco Stunt being on my TV. (laughs) Yeah, and I like uh, what Luchasaurus said. He goes, you know, uh, we're the dinosaurs. But... (laughs) <laughs> Godzilla's not a dinosaur. He's a lizard. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, he started out as a little lizard and then yes. you know, nuclear warfare happened. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, oh, and uh, something I forgot to mention. I thought it was pretty interesting that uh, this week was the first week that, at least on Dynamite, that Ty Conte has come out in anything other than her green outfit. Yeah, she came out in a robe. Yep. Yep. And her outfit was dark. It kind of almost matched the Dark Order colors. Yeah, color scheme-wise. And the robe was a nice homage to her partner, Akira Shida, yep. last night. Because that's what she wears. So, Yep. yep. We then got the main event. So that was the uh, Arcade Anarchy. Uh, Miro and Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford versus Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. Anything goes. Pinfall or submission only. Um, different setup than I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to see arcade cabinets surround the ring, and we got a mix of arcade games. We had a prize section that had a bunch of weapons as prizes. We saw a whack-a-mole. We saw air hockey table. We did see a few arcade cabinets, kind of a little bit of everything. So Yeah, six arcade cabinets. I do like the fact that they put them back-to-back like you would see in a regular arcade, though. We, we saw Cassidy throw Sabian through the whack-a-mole machine, and he smacked him with a mallet. We saw uh, uh, a bunch I mean, bunch of stuff. They, they piled Miro on with all the weapons at one point, threw yeah. everything on top of him, threw the smashed, one of the smashed arcade cabinets on him. Almost got a three count. Kip Sabian came in with the save there. Um, we saw uh, Penelope Ford go to whip Orange Cassidy with her belt, and then out pops from the, I believe they call it the alien the invader Uf- claw or something. Yeah, it was it was UFO, alien, invaders, something. I, I don't know. Alien invasion at one point was mentioned, but I thought that was a completely different arcade game, but. 
yeah, she comes out, uh, but up out of the machine is Chris Statlander, who we haven't seen on TV in many, many months. She shoves the window pane at Penelope Ford. They go into the apron, and then she hits a falcon arrow through the air hockey table. Yeah. Uh, before that, I should mention we saw um, um, Chuck Taylor get slammed by Kip Sabian on a bunch of Legos. Oh, yeah. Which you said, do you think those hurt worse than thumbtacks? I've stepped on Legos before, and I'm, I've stepped on tacks before. Uh, tacks, unless you completely or continuously step in the yeah. same spot, but Legos, it's like you move that foot and you're still stepping on it and don't realize it. So, yeah. I, I, w- I will say stepping on a Lego with your bare foot hurts really bad. So, imagine taking Powerbomb with your bare back. That would hurt really bad, but getting. Slammed into 90 tacks or so. A lot of those are going to stick in you. So, yeah. Either way, I don't want to take a <laughs> bump on them. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want that to be a bit on kicking out podcasts where Tanner has to take a bump on Legos or, or thumbtacks. I, I don't, we'll, I don't like that idea. We'll stick with a table <laughs> or a chair or a kendo stick. How about that? Yeah. All right. All right. Um, I will, uh, oh man, out of those, out of those, I'd probably want to go through a table. As crazy as that sounds, I don't want to get hit like in the Wooden head. Wooden one, right? Not plastic one. Oh God, yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we then see uh, Miro grabs a chair and he's whacking the crap out of everybody a bunch of times. He then finds a table for uh, to throw Chuck Taylor through, so he sets it up, and we see Taylor and, and Cassie crawling up the ramp. And then out in the distance, we see a car pulling up. I'm like, could it be? And it is. It's Sue. It's Sue's wife, Van. But out comes Trent. I gotta. I gotta admit, Paul, you called this. I thought he was on the shelf for like four or five more months. Oh yeah. I mean, they never truly said what was wrong with him or how long he it was, was a torn pec, out. wasn't it? Um, I don't remember. I thought it was a pec injury, which usually that's quite a bit of rehab. But sometimes these wrestlers can do some <laughs> freakish things with their bodies to get them to heal. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, and Miro's the one who put him out of action. Sue gave Trent a kiss, and Trent runs right at Miro. Um, the best friends beat up Miro for a, mi- a moment, and then he beats up all three of them, though. Miro then waves to Trent's mom and gets on the hood of her van, and he's trying to rip the windshield wipers off. Trent then tacks him from behind and uh, takes Miro away. Uh, Miro then picks up one of the arcade machines and throws it at Trent, but he moves. Trent smacks Miro on the head with a chair, then spears Miro through the table that Miro set up earlier to try to throw Chuck through. Sabian is up on the stage taking it all in. He gets kicked by Chucky T. Chucky T then hits Sabian with a running power slam through a bunch of tables for the one, two, three. Yeah, and uh, I love this match from start to finish. Um, I'm an arcade buff. I guess mm-hmm. you could say so seeing my childhood <laughs> around a wrestling ring was nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I texted you, I said, we want Trent. And you said, uh, probably not till double or nothing. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. But Hey, you know what? Fine. Then we want Anna. And that's, I know that's not going to happen, but I was not expecting Statlander to be back last night. No, I mean, we got, uh, that, that's why I titled this episode like it did. We got a lot of returns last night in the yeah. circle, Statlander and Trent. Um, this match exceeded my expectations. I didn't have a lot of expectations. I thought the result was how I thought would happen. Um, Chucky T and Orange Cassidy would win with Sabian eating the pin, but I thought we'd see Miro turn on Sabian after the match 
and destroy them. I still think that's coming, but I, I, they're just waiting for maybe next week or the following week sometime soon. But I like the way they went off the air last night with uh, the best friends, giving the people what they want with a hug. And then they invited Statlander in the ring and did the hug. And then they all gave Sue the thumbs up as the Pixies played them off the air. Awesome visual. I thought that looked so cool. Yes, it was absolutely stunning to see that. Um, I got to say, uh, we were talking about this last night. The Pixies fit Orange Cassidy. They don't fit the energy of the best friends, though. So we it, need to go back to the best friends theme song for the best friends and let Orange Cassidy have the Pixies. Except I will say there was just something about that ending. I thought the music was perfect yeah. for the ending. Oh, so, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they use that music going forward. It was just going to be Orange's theme or the Best Friends theme as well, because I'm guessing to buy the rights of that that uh, music, Tony showed out quite a bit of money, probably more than uh, Tarzan Boy or whatever that song's actually called. Yeah, um, Tarzan Boy. Yeah. so yeah, It's a good song. But uh, good way to end a very strong show, I thought, last night. Uh, Paul, what are you getting it for a letter grade? I'm giving it a high A. Um I wanted to give it an A plus, but uh, there were just too many things. Uh, for instance, you know, the inner circle was it? It was a great way to bring them back, but was it too soon? Um, you know, I didn't get to see Miro beat up Kip Sabian, which is what yes, I wanted to see. Oh, uh, we all wanted. I think <laughs> I think we all want here heel Miro, the dominant Miro, who can potentially be the AEW World Champion someday. Oh yeah, and the only thing I got to say is. Um, I foresee next week there will be a promo with Kip and Miro and Penelope, and Kip's going to say, you know, this isn't going to end like this. I want another match, and hopefully that's when Miro goes, no, it's done, it's over, we're not doing this anymore, and he attacks him. Yeah, because Miro didn't even want this match last night to begin with, and now he's got a loss on his record. Yeah, yeah. so I'm really hoping that sets him off, and he just absolutely dominates Kip next week. I agree with you on the letter grade. I'm giving it an A as well. Um, there's parts of me last night. If, if you would have asked me right, right after the show last night, I might have given it an A+, plus, which exactly. I haven't done for Dynamite yet. <laughs> but now that and that's why we we wait to do this podcast on Thursday night. We get 24 hours to kind of think about everything again. Um, and I loved that inner circle bit with the um, segment with the pinnacle. Don't get me wrong, but I just keep questioning, was it too soon at least for them to get physical? And that's one of my big reasons I'm not giving this an A+. And another question I have for you is, where are they going with Omega? Who's going to challenge him at Double or Nothing? I don't know. We're not going to get Mox and, and Omega again, are we? I really hope not. I don't want it again. I, I mean, I like both guys. I think they're two of the best in the world, but I don't want to see it again. And I really don't want to see this end up being a trios battle uh that carries over to double or nothing i want it to happen next week i want it to be over next week um whether the bucks turn or don't turn um but i mean i haven't looked at the rankings this week to even see who's number one contender for the title so i'm i i'm not sure 
Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I think the trios titles coming soon because they're making emphasis. They're not six man tags; they're trio matches. Trios. Yeah. So I think I think that's coming soon. We're getting enough factions, enough teams. I think it's time soon to pull the trigger. Maybe double or nothing. We we see them debut those. Or it's gonna be sometime in twenty twenty one. I'm fairly confident. But All I don't. I don't uh, there's a lot of that. Definitely could be, um, especially if they can have a full capacity on the road somewhere or full capacity at Daly's place or whatever by that time. Uh, but it's going to be interesting where a lot of these storylines go. I mean, I guess we could see Christian be the next challenger for Omega. So we'll yeah. see. I mean, we could, there's, you know, there's a lot of people who could be possible contenders for the titles. So I'm mm-hmm. interested to see what they do. Um, but you know, for Miro, when we were speaking of Miro, after he's done with the feud with Kip, assuming that's what's next up for him, I right. want him to challenge Darby for the TNT title. I think it would be good. I, I think, think he would be, be fantastic to take it off Darby. Darby doesn't need the title. Darby's no. enough of a star. He doesn't need it anymore. Exactly. Uh, he needed it earlier in his career. I think even when he won it, he didn't need it anymore. Absolutely. You know, I will never say that. Um, Hangman needs a title because he doesn't. He didn't need one coming into the company because he was so well known and so popular and already made a name for himself. But I wouldn't mind seeing him win a title at some point, but he doesn't. Oh, Oh, when he wins the big one, the roof's going to blow off the place (laughs) and it's going to be a great moment. But there's a lot of guys, AW that probably don't need it, but there also are that could really use it. I mean, does Miro really need it? You could make an argument and say, probably not, but, I think he's about the perfect guy to have it, have a strong heel, heel, uh, TT champion like Brody was. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need another heel champion holding that TNT title. It's the only way to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as I'm trying to find the rankings, I just came across, uh, apparently we missed Trent's birthday. Yes. I, uh, did like that from our Twitter account last night. Um, cause AW tweeted it out late. It was like a bladed one. Yeah. Um, go to our Twitter or our Instagram or our Facebook. We got the rankings on there from yeah. last night. Yeah, so. I don't know why I went straight to AEW. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I mean, we post these, and yeah. I totally forgot about it. Um, I could do a good job as a moderator, and I could probably have the graphic and pull it up, but I don't have it loaded. So by the time I'd go find it, you can find it quicker. Interesting. Hangman's number one contender. That is interesting. That they're not. I don't see them doing that right now, though. No, that's going to build longer. We've got uh, in order: Hangman, Moxley, Jungle Boy, Pack, and then Cody. Which we both know Cody can't challenge for the AEW. So I think Cody's more in the TNT title. And I don't even want to see him in there right now either. We've seen no. that enough, and I, I'm, yep. we're we're two of the bigger Cody fans out there, and we don't want to see that again. Jungle Boy would be interesting, but I don't. I'm just trying to think for double or nothing. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be Christian. The more I think about it, you got to have okay. a big name if it's gonna be the main. Well, if they do blood and guts, it's not gonna. If they do a blood and guts match between the Pinnacle and Inner Circle, that's your main event. But uh, for your world title main event, I'm I'm, I'm thinking I'm starting to think Christian, Christian or okay. maybe Pack, but Pack's injury might have screwed that up. Yeah, yeah. And while I was on here, I was curious because you've got Britt Baker as a pick to win the title by the end of the year, and I mean I know it's only April first, so we're only four months into it. 
but uh, she's number four. Red Velvet is number two. Yeah, and you know, I think Red Velvet and even Tay Conte are great, but I don't take either of them serious enough yet to win a title. No, too early. They've been doing great on the uh, on Dark and Dark Elevation. If they've had their matches on there yet, I don't know. Um, but that's where their winning records are coming from. It's yeah. dark. Yeah. I, I, but I think, and Sheeta's been a great champion, but I think at double or nothing, it is time to take the strap off her and give it somebody else. Do you think we end up with like a six-way match? Could be. Could be. They'll probably do like a women's battle royal the week or two before to shape the number one contender, which I hope not because then you don't really build a story. Yeah. You just and, throw it together. You know, and then the problem is, sadly, you're saying, well, wins and losses matter. The rankings matter. But we're going to have this battle royal to determine your number one contender, even though there clearly is a number one contender in Ty Conti. Yeah. I, I mean, I like them doing a mix of both, but they're still still figuring it out. Yeah, and they'll get there. I mean, you know, they didn't even – they celebrated their one-year anniversary in the middle of a pandemic. Yes, you're right. I mean, it's they've easily had a longer run with no to limited fans during their television than with full capacity, and it's yeah. just wild. We've barely got to see full capacity when you think about it Yeah, for AW shows, and it can't wait till we get back to that. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, I uh, I miss it. <laughs> oh, I think we all do as as professional wrestling fans. Just in the in general, this industry needs it. They crave the fans. Um, but uh, who is your AW wrestler of the week? You know, you're probably going to ask me why, Trent. Okay, interesting pick. Because <laughs> um, he helped his team get he helped his. Partners get a win, but he wasn't involved in the match. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, made his return when nobody thought he was going to. And he remembered to give mom a kiss. And he protected Sue's van from getting destroyed. I think Sue's more over than the best friends. (laughs) Yes. She's more over than half the roster, if not three-fourths the roster. Yes, everybody loves Sue. Everybody from Uh, the Dark Order to JR. Yeah, we're going to see her on BT Monday, I bet. Um, my wrestler of the week is Christian cage. See, I was leaning towards cage. I mean, he wins his AEW in-ring debut match in his first match in seven years. It was a pretty good match. It was a fun match with Frankie. Um, got to give it to him. I probably would have gave it to him no matter who he faced as long as he got the win. So great to see him back in the ring. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Christian fan. Uh, my outwork, everyone shirts on its way here. Uh, it should be here within the next five days, uh, according to my tracking. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I knew you were going to go with cage. So I, I couldn't yeah. go, I couldn't, couldn't go with Christian. Cage. I'm starting to get too predictable. Oh, I'm got to change <laughs> my style up a little bit. No, no. Only because, um, if we wouldn't have had the returns we had, let's yeah. not forget this was outwork. Everyone Christian's debut was the original plan. That was going to be the title. title. Yeah. It changed. So we adapted. So it's yep. there. There just wasn't too many people that came to my mind for superstar of the week this week. I mean, if I went female route, I probably would have gave it to the bunny for yeah. uh, 
picking up a big win for herself and for her team. Yeah. But um, I would have preferred to see it clean, though. But that's part of the heel way. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, heels occasionally get those clean wins. That's true. That's true. So, but another, yeah, very fun episode last night. I honestly, my opinion, you can argue it might have been the best dynamite we've seen in 2021 yet. Oh, by far, especially for recorded. Uh, there wasn't too much fan noise. No, they got the audio was great last night. Yeah. The, the last few taped episodes we've seen, it's been a lot of backstage segments. We didn't have as many of those this week. And what ones we did were a minute to max. So, yeah. Yeah. Next week's going to be a big week for all Elite wrestling. Of course, you got the live dynamite on Wednesday. Then they'll record the next week's record on Thursday, Friday is their first ever non-televised event. It's their first ever house show. Yeah. Um, to be in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's going to be some good matches there. I know all ego Ethan pages versus Cody Rhodes. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, I know Mo- Moxes is in action. Omega's in action. Um, I, I saw a rundown of the, of the card and I, I don't remember who's all yeah. on it. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll post the results of the first ever house event on our Facebook page. Um, Tanner, we're doing it on Twitter as well. Yeah, yep, and uh, maybe even Instagram. We'll have it. We'll have it all yeah. over. And speaking of those social platforms, if you don't already, please like our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Kicking Out Pod. We also put all of our videos. We do these live streams on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our Twitch channel if you haven't already. If you're listening on whatever audio platform is your favorite, first off, we appreciate you listening. Please subscribe. Tell your friends. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. So we're trying to grow the wrestling community. You give us a a follow on Instagram or Twitter, we're going to give you a follow back. You subscribe to our YouTube channel, we'll give you a subscribe back. So we're we're, we're trying to grow this channel and grow the positivity around the wrestling community and around the AEW community as we can. So that's all I got for this week, Paul. Unless you have anything else, uh, why don't you wrap us up? Uh, nope, I'm good. For Tanner Lee, I'm Paul Zartman. Join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast. <laughs>